Welcome back to Beyond the Water, everybody. My name is Cooper. I am your host. This is your Faith, Fishing, and Fun podcast, where we bring you weekly uploads with the purpose being just some fishing tips, tricks, life lessons we learned from fishing that apply not only to everyday life, but our spiritual walks as well. Beyond the Water is growing into a community that of people that give them the platform to share their faith, speak about their faith, and learn about their faith, and talk about fishing along the way. Fishing's just our avenue. Faith is our purpose. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy. And we are back. Welcome back to the Beyond the Water podcast. As always, I'm your host, Cooper. This started as a adventure a while back, and it was something that I, I planned on making it a weekly upload, like uh, in, in a really fun intro that you just heard. Uh, but, you know, it just, sometimes life gets in the way. Like, I've had this podcast written for about two weeks now, and then I came down and got sick, and here I am. I am still trying to come back from it completely. My voice isn't 100% there, but hey, we're just going at it, and this is the best I've felt in a while, and so instead of sitting on the couch watching uh, Netflix, I have decided to get myself going and get this thing recorded tonight for you. You're probably not listening tonight, but you know what I mean. I'm recording it at night. Probably be published in the morning. Um, but if you listen to the last couple episodes, I, I made a switch from giving fishing tips to really just bringing in some straight up biblical truths. And uh, the, the most popular one, I was just looking at the analytics of this thing, and the most popular one was called Biblical Foundations, which is really funny to me because. Who would have thought that would be the most popular podcast that I'd recorded up to this point? But it is, and that kind of excites me. And so continuing with that theme, I I was going to start this series on mental health and all that jazz. And so my last one was about my story and kind of the things I struggled with and and whatnot. But I I got down to it, and I was like, nah, I'm not ready for this yet. It's taken me a lot longer to put that one together. And so – I've uh, I backtracked a little bit uh, on what I what I was going to speak on, and, and you know that happens. I I have had this planned, different series and different stuff that I wanted to do, and and it just doesn't always work out the way you really hope it does. Uh, and so today's gonna be interesting. Um, I say interesting in the sense of that it's it's something that was kind of speaking to me um, when I was trying to write, you know, this podcast out, write some blog posts up, work on a couple of books I have started, you know, and this is the stuff that I was like, you know what, this is stuff that I that I that I'm learning that I'm working through right now that I'm gonna bring to the table today. And I want to put this in context. This is all in light of our world around us and, you know, what's been going on in my life and how we've had everything going on that's just, you know, daunting. This world is daunting right now. It is a odd place to live 
nothing seems to make sense. You, <laughs> There's things going on that I don't know how I feel about them still. There's things going on that I definitely know how I feel about them, but isn't always the most popular opinion. And then there's just stuff that I'm like, you know what, whatever. It is what it is. Uh, it's, that's just life. You deal with it. You roll with it. You just keep moving on. But I've been trying to figure out where my voice of this little podcast, my little blog, you know, the stuff that I've been doing, um, I've been trying to figure out where my voice goes in all of this. And, you know, truthfully, as I've been going through this and de- like dealing with this personally, I've been searching for the right words. And maybe the right words isn't, you know, the greatest way to phrase that. But, like, anyone who knows you know, knows me or knows situations they've been in where you feel like you need to have the right words and you can't find them, it's kind of, um, it kind of turns you off to the whole goal, the whole end goal of trying to get your point across or accomplished. And that's kind of where I was been at. I've been at this point of trying to find those words and then I've now just not wanting to accomplish my goals or get my point across. And so as I've been working through this, I was like, all right, why did I start this in the first place? Why did I, you know, start writing on the blog? Why did I start a podcast? Why have I gone through X, Y, Z steps to try to, uh, you know, get, get anything across? And I just started remembering the, the roots, the foundation, the, the everything that everything that I had started with, the, the goals, you know, I, I pulled up my goals and I looked at them and I was like, oh, this is why I started this. This is why I wanted to, to do this. And it kind of got me thinking and it got me going. And I was like, all right, what, is, what does that mean now? What does that mean at this point uh, in, in the life of Beyond the Water, in my life? And, and I, I kind of came up with some things as I was reflecting back. And I mean, this is, it, it's, it's personal to me as well, but it's something that I think we could all relate to right now with the stage the world's in, with the stage that most people's lives are in, just this unknown, this fear, this overwhelming sense of anxiety that, you know, captures most of the, most of the nation. And so I, I just want to run through these things. I'll share some of my thoughts. And I got, I got plenty of Bible verses for your, you Bible lovers out there uh, to go with all of this. And, and so the first thing that I've started reflecting on is, you know, ad- adversity is 100% a part of life. You know, if you look through scripture, and I don't have this reference written down, but if you look through scripture, Jesus said, he's like, you know, the, the fox has a den, the birds have home, people, you know, they have a place to sleep. But if you follow me, you may not have a place to lay your head, which contextually speaking, yes, he is kind of talking about the time and day where, you know, they may not have had a home because they were traveling and people may not welcome in. But the what he's trying to get across here is like the cost to follow me could be sacrificing everything. And so he didn't really hide the fact from the get go that if you're going to be a Christian and I'm talking a Christian when Jesus was alive. So you're looking at 2000 plus years ago when Jesus was alive. He's like, it's not going to be easy. You know, 
he could have said something along the lines of, if you're a Christian, you will face adversity. That, that's something he could have easily have said. But I think, I think we have a, this twisted sense of what adversity can be like in today's terms. Sorry, coffee breaks there. It helps my throat uh, as I'm going through this. But our twisted adversity, our twisted thoughts of what adversity can be like today. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really, this is going to be very simplistic when it comes to these things. I, I have the firm, I have the firm belief that adversity can do two things. It can either paralyze us and keep us stuck in the same place or can propel us to do amazing things. Those are the two things that I think adversity does. What do I mean by that? Um, it's as simple as, all right, there's a rock on the middle of the road and you can't drive through. That's an adversity situation that you're facing. You either A, stay put where you're at behind this rock and can't continue to go forward, or you invent a tunnel and go through. You know, it's something that I think people don't always look at. I don't think it's something that is always thought about, but adversity can push us to do amazing things. And if you look in the book of James, and James, the book of James is probably my favorite book in the Bible because I think it applies so much to, you know, our daily lives. And I think that was the point of James. When he was writing it, I think he was trying to get across that, you know, these are some ways to grow as your Christian faith. This is a way to practically live it out. You know, so in James 1, verses 2 and 3, it reads, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And I got to breaking this down, and so I just started looking up uh, the definition of different words in uh, the dictionary. The dictionary says that uh, joy is the emotion evoked by well-being, success, or good fortune. Okay. Uh, pure is unmixed with any other matter. So those are the two words I, I really looked up. Because, you know, perseverance, you know, steadfastness. Uh, it's got a def- bunch of different words in it, but I, I really focused on joy and pure because I think those are the words that really need to be focused on, pure joy. So this is joy unmixed with anything else. So if you're looking at those first two verses of James, it could read something about like this, with unmixed, with any other emotion, consider it good fortune that consider it good fortune whenever you face trials. And I'm going to stop there for for one second, because if that doesn't hit you, then, you know, let me, let let me repeat it for you. If it doesn't, James one, verse two could read unmixed with any other emotion. Consider it good fortune. Whenever you face trials of many kinds. As I was going through this and as I was like processing this, I was like, oh, dang. Whenever I face trials, 
I should face those unmixed with any other emotion besides joy. And, and I know what you're thinking. You're like, well, that's easier said than done. Yeah, it is. It's easier said than done for me. That's easier said than done for anybody, I think. But, you know, if you think about it, if you don't mix any other emotions with it and it's just joy that you're focused on, what is it going to produce? It's going to produce this perseverance, this steadfastness, or in other terms, it's going to produce maturity in our faith to grow us in God-likeliness or God-likeness. You know, we're not going to stay stagnant if we face these trials, these adversities with joy. We're going to grow. We're going we're gonna to pursue God-likeness. And, you know, that's the point of the Christian faith. It's the, the, the word I'm looking for, sanctification. We're sanctifying our faith on a daily basis. We're growing closer to, to being like Christ, to being like the model he provided for us. You know, and so I was like, all right, who are some people that in the midst of adversity, in the midst of trials, faced it with joy, faced it with, faced it with unmixed with any other emotions? And the first person that I, I kind of jumped to was, was David. David, as we know in the, in the book of Hebrews, is a man after God's own heart. And if you know the story of David, he faced Goliath, he committed a lot of sin, and he was still considered a man after God's own heart, which for any of us today, we should be like, praise the Lord, because if David can be considered a man after God's own heart, so can we. We think that it's so hard to, to be like that. But like David was a sinner, he committed some great big sins, just like the rest of us, and at the end of the day, he was still considered a man after God's heart. But we're going to focus mainly on his encounter with Goliath. And I think I think there's a handful of things or a few things that we can learn uh, from, from David when he encounters Goliath. The first thing we see from, from David here in the midst of his adversity, as he's facing his adversity with joy with joy unmixed with any other emotion as we see his obedience to the father so in the midst of all of this david just goes let me set the the scene here for you so david was tending his sheep and his father jesse comes to him and says take this to your brothers and go hurry it says hurry to their camp so Jesse wants him to go and go quick. Does David sit there and say, well, I got my sheep to tend to. I've got errands to run. I've got this to do. No, he doesn't. He, he goes. Without hesitation, David just just goes. And I think for us, we're always like, well, you know, I got this. I got that. I got this. I got that. I got X, Y, Z things to worry about. And I get it. I do it too. I'm the king of excuses. But you see that David, he, he goes and he's like, and it says early in the morning, David left the flock in the care of the shepherd, loaded up, set out as Jesse has directed. He didn't debate with Jesse. He didn't say, well, you know, I gotta, well, actually, I should really stay with these sheep. No one can take care of them as well as I can. I should really, you know, go take a bath first. I kind of stink. I've been out here with these sheep for four days straight. 
uh, I really need to go get a haircut. Getting kind of shaggy. He didn't. He didn't say any of those things. Which, you know, we need, we, you, me, I, us, all of us, we need to, instead of making these excuses, our focus should be on obedience to the Father. And that sounds great. And you're probably thinking, well, yeah, duh. What else am I going to do with my life? Except be obedient to the Father. Yeah. You know, it's it's something that I think is easily forgotten. I think it's something that we are like, yeah, of course we're going to do this. But do we focus on it? Do we put emphasis on it? You know, and and I know you're thinking, well, I don't want to follow all these rules. I'm not talking about rules. I'm talking about what the Bible says, biblical truth that we can hold fast to, that we can hold to for obedience, that we can not let go of in the midst of adversity. You know, David, again, David went through his life. He didn't make great choices. But at the end of the day, he held on to some obedience to the Father, and he did what he was asked. He acted, well, I'm jumping the gun here, but he acted without hesitation. That's my second point. He acted without hesitation in the midst of all of this. So instead of, you know, like I said, instead of making excuses, he was obedient to the Father, and then he acted without hesitation. It's kind of like a cause and effect thing. The cause, you know, the cause was he held obedience to his Father. And so, therefore, he acted without hesitation. Why did he act without hesitation? Because he held obedience to the Father. And I think in the midst of everything that's going on in our world, this idea of holding obedience to the Father and then acting without hesitation, because we know the difference between right and wrong, or, you know, we're not going to slam this person on Facebook because it's behind a keyboard and it's anonymous. We're not going to... Drive up to the gas pump right now, get pump our gas and leave. There's a lot of things we're not going to do, but it's even in the small things. Are we huffing and puffing under our breath every time we go to the gas pump? Are we huffing and puffing every time the news comes on? Are we huffing and puffing every time we see somebody's Facebook picture pop up that looks like their wife is all together? You know, there's lots of things that we're not going to keep doing. Because we have obedience and because we act without hesitation, we're not going to do fill in the blank. You know, fill in, fill in your blank there. You know, as I was saying, David, David, he didn't argue. He didn't make excuses. He didn't debate. And I, I think... Like when I was reflecting on this, like personally, that's something that I know I've been doing. I've been debating. I've been like, okay, God, but if I do this instead, is that is that okay? You know how you try to like, uh, comp not compromise, but you try to reason with God. Which I don't know if you guys do that, but I definitely do that. I'm definitely that person who's like, okay, God, I won't eat this ice cream if I can get eight hours of sleep tonight. You know, some some really really dumb. Like that, but I think we all do it to some extent. You know, we're we're all those people who are like, all right, 
God, I will pray to you every day if you give me this. Or God, I will read my Bible every day if you help this person out. Or, you know, we're looking for, as I like to say, we're looking for that burning bush. We're trying to reason ourselves with God to the point of where we're seeing a burning bush telling us exactly what to do, how to do it, when to do it, you know, who to do it with and where and why and all that fun stuff. But we don't we don't see that with David. He he doesn't do this debate theme thing. He he just goes, Well, alright, here I go, and off you went. And you know, you look at people who, who hesitated in the Bible. I think of Lot's wife. Whereas they're they're going back and like in Genesis this isn't back in Genesis nineteen. You know, we see what happened and it says, But Lot's wife looked back and she became a pillar of salt. You know, there's lots of ways to look at that. Like, oh, well, you know, she was told not to do it, but she did it, and so then that happened. But you got to think of, the, again, always think of context when you're looking at these these verses. So Lot and his wife, we even ran them from Sodom and Gomorrah, which is like the Vegas of the Old Testament, or at least that's what they tell me. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's this evil, terrible place, so it's, you know, it's the United States of America right now. This evil, terrible place. And they're running the other direction. And she looks back to the life she had. She hesitates to the life that's in front of her. And, and when, I'm, when I was reflecting on this, I was like, how often, how often do I look back at the life that I once had instead of the life that God has in front of me, in store for me? And I think this is really easy to do, especially with how how much is going on in our world. It's easy to look back at the quote-unquote good old days. You know, everyone's always like, well, those good old days, they're, those are the best. Those are the best years. Those were the days when gas was $1.40. Those were the days when a loaf of bread was $0.05. Cents. Those are the days when we didn't have global warming. You know, all this stuff. The good old days are, are are gone, but in a sense, we're also living in somebody else's good old days. You know, just because someone else's good old days were 60 years ago or 50 years ago, so on and so forth, somebody now is living in their good old days, where 40, 50 years down the line, they're going to be like, man, remember 2022? Those were the good old days. And And I think... That, that has its own sense of, like, fear. That has its own sense of, con- our own sense of consequences, even. Fear may not be the right word, but it has its own set of consequences that we're going to end up facing, I think. If we're always focused on what was behind us, we never really focus on what is in front of us. You know, it's like driving a car. You have a rearview mirror, mirror and you have a windshield. The windshield is always bigger than the rearview mirror. Why? Because you need to be focused on the stuff in front of us instead of focused on what's behind you. Why is the mirror there? To make sure, you know, to remind you what's behind you. Not to to have your soul focus on what was behind you, but to remind you what's there. It's not... It's not going to end well if our focus is always on what was what was instead of what is to come 
And so as we're looking back, you know, as we're focused more on these anxieties, as we're focused on these trials or, you know, whatever you want to call them, you know, I call them anxieties, trials, adversity. I mean, you just name it. You can fill in your blankets, whatever what you want. As we're focused on those and as we're looking back to when we were in those and we life seemed to be so good, it is so simple to forget who God is. And you're like, wait a minute, time out. I know who God is. I, I, I remember this on a regular basis. I, I know he was the creator of the earth. He's my savior. I remember all this. Yeah, you remember it now. It's easy to remember who God is when life is copacetic. But even then, it's hard to remember who God is. You know, it's it's hard to... It's always funny because, you know, the whole mountaintops and valleys and, you know, all that. I have a tattooed on my wrist that God is greater than the highs and lows. And, and it's a constant reminder to me that that, you know, even when I'm at my peak, I still got to remember who God is. Or... When I'm at my lowest of my lows, I've got to remember who God is. You know, and I was just thinking about that right now, actually. I don't, I'm going off script here, so bear with me. But I was just thinking about that. And it's so hard to remember who God is when we're at our, at our very peak because we want, to, we want to celebrate. We want to be like, I did this. I did great. I do great things. But it's also so hard to remember how good God is when we are at our lows because it's like, but why, God, did you put me here? Why, God, did you allow this to happen? We blame God at the bottom. And at the top, God who? I did this. I made it to this mountaintop. And so, like, we're, we're going through all these things. And, and we, like I said, we have to remember who God is. It's easy to get caught up in, in the world around us. You know, it's easy to get caught up in those mountaintops and valleys, but it's also easy to get caught up in the day-to-day, everyday life. You know, we got social media, news, latest TV shows, the next big things in technology, getting a nicer, newer car, house, you know, having the lake house, going to buy the new boat, having the nicest furniture, having the greatest XYZ fill in the blank, having those great things. And we're like, wait a minute. In the midst of all this, who's the focus? You know, and I, I will admit I have that problem sometimes. You know, I want the the nicest, newest things. And I want to be able to be like, yeah, I, you know, I just got this uh, new car and it's so nice, so great. And so everything, but it, does my old one get me from point A to point B? Well, yeah, of course it does. But do I want a, new, a nicer, newer one? Well, yeah. And so in those moments for myself, I like I have to stop and be like, and and be like, what am I doing this for? Am I doing this for myself, or am I doing this for kingdom advancement? And and, and I'm not trying to take a holier than thou holy rollers point of view, because I'm very guilty of this. I just want to make that clear. I'm guilty of this idea that I want the next nice new thing. But I have to make a constant effort 
to sit back and be like, okay, am I doing this for me? Or am I doing this because it's going to help me proclaim Christ in to the world around me? And when you really stop and put life in that perspective, getting the new vehicles, getting the bigger houses, the newest technology, having the best social media on the internet, does that really get us kingdom advancement? I mean, it's not going to hurt probably, but it's it, it's not its sole focus. Let me put this into a little more perspective. My, my wife and I just we bought a house a few months ago. Uh, why did we buy a house? Well, at some point, we want to start growing family. We want to have kids. We want to have people over. We want to be able to to open our doors to people around us. Could we have done that where we lived previously in our apartment? Yes, but it was small. It was confined. It was tiny. There wasn't any parking. There wasn't, there was, there's things in the way of doing that. But now we have this house, it, you know, big open floor plan, plenty of places to park. We can have people over, big backyard, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So no, we didn't technically need it. We could have done it, but there were some hindrances at our previous place that just didn't really allow for what we wanted. And so instead of staying complacent, we worked very hard to get into a house. Now we can have these people over. Now we can host, you know, a life group. We can host our families. We can do all these really fun things now. And so, like, yes, sometimes getting those new things is is nice, is good, it is helpful. And so I don't want you to take it that I'm saying, never buy anything new, never go do this, never go do that. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying sit back, ask yourself a question. Is this for me or is this for kingdom advancement? And, and so as we're, as we're doing that, as we're asking that question, you know uh, – a few, a few verses pop to mind. You know, Book of Psalms. Book of Psalms, great. In Psalm forty six ten, it says, "He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth." It's very simple. Be still and know I am God. In the midst of chaos, in the midst of adversity, in the midst of these trials, be still and know that He is still God, no matter what. No matter what we face, no matter what happens, he is God. And then in 1 Samuel 12, it says, And then stand still and see the great thing the Lord is about to do before your eyes. I included that in here for a couple of reasons. Reason number one. Remember at the very beginning when I said adversity could do two things. It can either paralyze you or propel you. This is propelling you. Wait to see what God can do before your eyes. The second reason is that as we're being still and remembering who God is, remember that God's always working too. You know, he doesn't stop working because it's the weekend. And he doesn't stop working because we now have a place to live, a roof over your head. You know, you have food to eat. He doesn't stop working. He's constantly working. And this is that reminder that Just wait. Watch what the Lord will do before your eyes. Just watch and wait 
he's going to do something amazing in the midst of all of this. Which, you know, then, then in my reflection read, led me to a question. How often do we sit still and remember who God is? How often do we, you know, go and actually like remove ourselves from the world per, to say and be like, this is who God is. He is the creator. He is beautiful. He is the wonder working, you know, all these great things. How often do we do that? I mean, I'll admit I don't do it often enough. You know, I may go through my Bible study, but it's on my phone or my iPad. Because I, you know, I use version, and I'm not knocking version because it's great. It's a great tool to help you, to help you keep going. But does that really separate me from, like, the world around me? My phone still gets notifications during that time. My iPad does. They probably pop up on my Apple Watch. You know, so these things I'm like, all right, reflecting on that, I was like, okay, is there a better way I can do this? And so I've just been taking what we've been doing in version, and I've just been reading it from a Bible. That's pretty much what I've been doing. And so that's been a little bit help, more helpful. But I mean, like, still, is there more steps that I can take to, to help with that? And, 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 then, and then I just kind of kept going. I kind of kept thinking. And we were talking about adversity, trials, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to talk about storms. I'm going to talk about storms. I, if you're anything like me, you love a good rainstorm. You love watching the, the clouds roll in. You love listening to the rain on the roof, just the smell of rain, the whole nine yards. I love them. I love it when it storms. It's just fun. It's exciting. It's like that calming sense of like I could sit here windows open, drink a cup of coffee, and have a ball. But what about storms that invade our lives or trials, adversities, anxieties? I just found you another word for all the stuff that goes on. You know, and I was always thinking about this. I was like, man, I know I can easily get uptight, have this kind of fix it Felix attitude when when things start to go south and I'm like I've got to fix them now you know I I kind of wish I had that magic hammer that he has and I could just go around fixing all the problems in the midst of storms just being like ding 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 fix 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 done everything's fixed everything's great everything's grand you know we're back to rainbows and gumdrops and unicorns but I don't really think that that is the intentions of storms, which we'll get into a little bit here, but I am going to lose some, some of you on this next statement, and, and that's okay. It just needs to be said. You know, we have this fix-it-Felix attitude, and I think that stems from the number of self-help books we have right now, you know, how to how to become a millionaire overnight? How to deal with your anxieties? How to help? How to be a better cook? Mathematics for dummies. You know all these things that 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 exist under this term of self help, and it gives us this this idea that whenever 
a storm hits, you know, whenever we have a trial, whenever we have these adversities in life, that we're the ones that can fix it. And to be as blunt and as straight up as I can be, we can't. I can't. I can't fix my own problems. You you might be thinking to yourself, well, yeah, you can. You can fix the the leaky sink that you're dealing with. Yeah, that's not the problem I'm talking about. I'm talking about problems of life. I'm talking about problems that come about because of, you know, sin. I'm not talking about problems that come about because, you know, your house was built in 1952 and so everything's falling apart and so you're fixing it a little bit at a time. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about problems that come about life because of sin. We can't fix those on our own. And you're probably thinking to yourself, there's no way you have support of this. But I'd be like, you just wait. We're going to the book of Mark chapter 4. Verses 35 through 41. And this is what it says. That day, when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let's go over to the other side, leaving the crowd behind him. They took him along just as he was in the boat. There was also other boats with him. Him is Jesus. The talking, Jesus was talking here. He said, let's go to the other side. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so, so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in, his, in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said, Teacher, do you not care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. The wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to the disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this, that even the wind and the waves obey him? So, this is a literal thunderstorm that is taking place over the sea. That has come up as they're trying to get across to the other side, and Jesus just calms it. He's like, bam, snap fingers, calmed. And so it, it, this is my point. If there is literal storms that Jesus can calm, then why can't he calm these storms, these trials, these anxieties, these... I forgot the other word already, so it's, I'll come back to it. These adversities, there it is, in our lives that that we face. Why can't he calm those as well? Why why do we get so independent in these moments? Why do we get so eye-focused, me-centric? We live in a me-centric world, I know. But why why does it become worse when we start facing trials? You know, I have some thoughts on this. I, I mean, I don't know if they're valid. I don't know how true they are. I just know what I've experienced for myself and what I see in this world around me. But again, it goes back. We have all these self-help books that say, well, you can do this, you can do that, you can do it all. But we also have everyone telling us, you know, it's my body, it's my choice. Not my president. 
we have all these me things in life that cause us problems, that cause us hiccups, that causes us to, to focus on the I, not the one, but if, the me. And so, so where does that leave us? Where does that leave us in in the midst of these adversities, in the midst of these trials? And what does that mean for us really, you know, moving forward? I have one point that I really want to make moving forward. Moving forward, we need to remember to be still and wait on God. It's that simple. So in the midst of all of this, you know, we, we've talked about the books of James and Mark and Samuel and some of the Psalms. And you're like, but wait, didn't you already make that point? But yeah, I kind of already made this point. But we need to, I need to emphasize this point again, because in the midst of everything, we need to be still and remember who God is. We need to seek after God. You know, look back at our verses in James. Remember, it's, it's pure joy. When we face trials, because it produces God likeliness. Or David in the book of Samuel, when he just goes, he shows obedience to the Father right off the bat. He doesn't argue, make excuses, he just goes. And when he goes, he acts without hesitation. You know, and then we got we got Jesus in the boat. What's he doing as the storm hits? He's napping. But he gets up and he says, do you not have faith? In the midst of the storm, do you not have faith because of who I am? You know, it. I, this is difficult for me. I'll, I'll be honest. Being still, waiting on God, remembering who he is, is difficult for me. I think a lot of it has to do with, I'm a planner. I like to have a plan A. And then honestly, I like to have a plan B, C, D, and F. I, I like to think through all the, the outcomes that are possible. And then I like to push my plans towards the outcome that I want, not the outcome that may need to be. You know, so I have I have that problem. I'll admit it. I'll openly admit it. But, you know, it gets in the way. It gets in my way of remembering who who God is and that his plan is is much greater than the plan that I created in this simpleton brain of mine. And then I try to push it towards the direction I want it to go. It ain't going to make it there. It's living on a hope and a dream at that point. It's not grounded on anything. It has no foundations to, to live on. And and I was I was looking for some verses to kind of like back my thought up. You know, I, I came across Psalm thirty seven seven where it says, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways when they carry out their wicked sickness schemes. Not sicknesses, schemes. You know, be still before the Lord. So be my my point, be still and wait and for him. We patiently for him. You know, we see all these people around us who are succeeding. And when I say succeeding, I mean succeeding in the eyes of what 
uh, America says, you know, su- succeeding in the eyes of what society says, but are they, they succeeding in their souls? You know, it makes me, it gets me thinking. It really, it really gets me thinking because there's all these famous people out there who, for whatever reason, for one way or another, you know, have seemed to figure it out. But what did they really figure out? I mean, at the end of the day, are they happy? At the end of the day, is their soul happy? You know, it, it makes me think that of the, and I'm going to butcher this, but there is a, KB is a rapper who's a believer, and one of his lines, he's talking about all the things that he could do, but he would rather be in the jungle in a mosquito net with his Bible. Instead of the fame, fortune, and all this other stuff. You know, it just gets me thinking about that. It gets me thinking that we see all these people out here who are impact, impacting, quote-unquote, the world. But what they're teaching the world is that if you have the most money, if you are the most famous person, if you have the most worldly success then you'll be happy but is your soul going to be happy at that point and and that's the thing that like i'm teaching myself still i'm learning myself that if it's going to make my soul happy then i'm okay with it. it doesn't matter what it really is if it makes my soul happy then it's either a impacting my faith or b impacting the kingdom of God for something better. And it, and it kind of got me, again, how often are we waiting for God instead of trying to force what we want to do? You know, I, like I said, I struggle with this. This is something that, like, I, I know I'm struggling with. I've been struggling with, and I could, will probably continue to struggle with. But in the midst of this, you know, it's so easy to forget how good God is, you know, but it's also so simple just to step back and be like, wait a minute, God is going to give me greater than what I think I deserve within context. I I shouldn't have phrased it that way, but the the plan God has for us is greater than anything we could come up with ourselves. Is really what I meant. It's super simple to forget that, but if we we focus on the end of the adversity that we face. If we focus on the end of the storm that we're going through, if we think about that question Jesus asked his disciples, do you not have faith because of who I am? And if we focus on what joy it's going to be when we become more like Christ and we grow in Christ's likeness, then, then facing 
any trial, any adversity, storm, whatever you want to call it, any problem in life is going to be so much easier. It's going to it's going to change our perspective on how we view everything. As we as we wrap up with this, I, I just I thank you for staying with me. Even if, you know, sometimes my thoughts are hard to follow. I get off my script super simple. It doesn't take much. I can get on a rabbit trail real quickly. But as we wrap up, I just want to let you guys know that the goal is to get back to the the weekly uploads. And it's going to be a while as I finish getting over being sick and all that jazz. And I've got a couple other projects I've been working on as well. And I still work a full-time job. And I have a house that I work on on a regular basis. There's just lots going on. But, you know, back to the... Go listen to the rest of this. I'm not making excuses. I'm just letting you guys know what's going on. Um, the goal is to get back to doing some more weekly uploads. You know, we are on WordPress. And we're getting back to those uploads on a more regular basis. We're... The goal is to, to get up. If you enjoyed the fishing content that I once was bringing about here, the goal is to get up on YouTube so you can still enjoy that fishing content. If that's why you were here and just stayed for the rest of it, you know, came for the fishing, stayed for the Bible kind of thing. If you truly just enjoyed the fishing, be on the lookout for the Beyond the Water YouTube channel. Who's going to be fishing on that? I don't know what else is going to be on that. Who knows? That's a shot shot in the dark project that we're just kind of working on. Kind of see what happens with it. Uh, And outside of that, you know, don't forget to go like, follow, subscribe to all the social media platforms. We're on Instagram, Facebook, WordPress, soon to be on YouTube. This podcast can be found on... Anywhere you subscribe to your podcast. Anywhere. Anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, this podcast can be found. We thank you for listening. We thank you for bearing with us through this time of not getting things uploaded. And Like I said, I'm getting back to to being in the routine of this. It's just taken a little bit, especially now since I got sick. But that being said... Thank you for listening, and do not forget to live life beyond the water. We'll see you next week.